0: Hey everyone, we're back with another week of Find Your Film. We have two big films. At least I think they're two big films this week. Okay, we're going to see what Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes have to say about Army of the Dead, which is Zack Snyder, the maestro, Zack Snyder's latest movie, streaming on Netflix this coming Friday, currently out in theaters. And there's this other movie called The Dry, headlined by Eric Bana, an actor I I really, really enjoy. Eric Holmes, do you find Eric Bana to be an underrated actor or am, or is he not? Because he's been in so many high-profile films.
1: I don't know if he's underrated, but he's he's pretty good for sure, and uh, he's usually awesome in everything he's in. So, I guess if the majority of people don't believe that, then yes, he's underrated. <laughs> underrated, Bruce Perky. Do you agree with Eric Holmes? Do you think he's,
0: or do you think that's ridiculous to even call Eric Bana underrated because he's a bona fide a-lister? I'm just saying that I haven't seen him in a lot of films the last six years. He could be in two or three movies if he wants every year headlining him, you know? So,
2: yeah, my feeling is they tried to kind of import him as a leading man guy here to America, and that wasn't necessarily working out perfectly well, whereas he kind of had a whole different start and fame based out of Australia. So I think I don't think in Australia he's underrated, but I think here he might be slightly because, you know, how Hollywood is it's like if you don't make it in a couple of big movies, you're out of here. Beat it, nerd. That's right.
0: <laughs> Beat it, nerd. We're going to be talking about if Eric Banner's new film the dry is actually wet with excellence. I don't know. I'm just trying to make things up. <laughs> Only you, excellence.
2: Greg. Only, Only you are wet with excellence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's why I had a change of clothing before, clothing before we started recording I, this. Speaking might, of wet. But yes, yes, you yes, might sir. want to
1: change your name. Army of the Greg is good, but I think wet with excellence is even better. <laughs> <laughs> with
0: excellence. Speaking of liquid excellence and wetness and everything raining down, maybe raining down awesomeness, we're going to have to see if Eric Holmes... And Bruce Perky really loved Army of the Dead. Boiler alert! I'm a Zack Snyder fanatic who still hasn't seen the Snyder Cut. So I guess you know what. Saying that, you're gonna know my reaction on Army of the Dead. Let's see how that plays with Eric and Bruce for this episode of Find Your Film. Also, Eric, you have a couple of, you have a bunch of recommendations this week. So um, I don't know if you want to tease me. You want to. Tease me, look at the tease me with the wetness, uh, tease me with the wetness, uh, teasing everything. Do uh, you have some really good movies to share as far as all of your recommendations this week?
1: Yes, I got uh, "Those Who Wish Me Dead," the new Taylor Sheridan joint. I got uh, I uh, went back to the movie theater, saw "Spiral," the new Saw joint, I guess, or book as it were. Got a movie called The Battery, and another one, yeah, and another one called Dark Water. Pretty sure most people have seen that already, but yeah, we'll touch on it for a little bit. Okay,
0: all right, all right. That's a lot of. Those are two or three episodes, Eric. You have way too many recommendations, Bruce. Tell me. Okay, you're going to take over my recommendations, Eric. Don't tell me. Do you have any recommendations, Bruce, on this one?
2: I just have one, which might make it. To my category, which did not get filled last year, La- the year before I had two possibly terrible movies that I loved: The Fanatic and the Serenity. Terrible movies. The Fanatic and is
0: a mess. Are you, you going to year... stand for that, Eric Holmes? <laughs> he's just called The Fanatic a terrible. That, that's work. And, Seren-
1: and Serenity. That I, I, I uh, love. Like, uh, what is okay. this? <laughs> I believe that I well. Yeah, actually, Bruce said that before I did. <laughs> yeah, I would say these are these are
2: commonly derided movies that I loved. Awesome. And I didn't really have a good one last year that kind of fit that category, but I might have a good one today, which is Shadow in the Cloud. Shadow in the clouds or Cloud? Shadow in the Cloud? Shadow in the Cloud? Cloud. cloud.
0: Shadow in the Cloud. Okay, I'm excited to hear that. Should Eric and I definitely see this as soon as possible, huh? Maybe, maybe, we, maybe, I don't know. It's, we're going to we're gonna <laughs> get into your...
2: 83 minutes
0: long. How's that for you? Oh, okay. You know, Bruce Berkey knows how to, speaking of wet, wet my appetite <laughs> because anything within when he says 80 minutes or 82 minutes, maybe even 90 minutes, he knows I'm going to hop to it and watch that movie. Maybe Shadow in the Clouds is next for me and Eric with his four or five recommendations this week i'm assuming he's probably even watching it while we, we're recording the podcast
1: he watches so many movies each week watch i'm watching five of them on the screens right now and <laughs> i'll get to those at the end of the show very <laughs> very thank you thank you so much eric holmes
0: and we're gonna i like to say this we're gonna round out the rear the, the last part of our podcast bruce do you have a little gem from pete abeta one of the one of the men, one of one of the dudes from the middle class, middle class film class. What do you what do you got
2: for it? It's for your for your uh uh I don't know how to say it, but it's post tenebroth Lux.
0: Post tenebras lux. Okay, that is a choice from Peter Pete Abeda, love that. And again, my my uh last episode, Bruce, I called Pete's friend a turtle. And you corrected me a tortoise, right? It's a tortoise. <laughs> yes. I apologize yes. again to Mr. Beta for the uh, tortoise. And and I, I guess he's foisted us post Tenebrous Lux, which by the way, Eric Holmes, you all, you're always the one who does the extra credit homework. You also saw post Tenebrous Lux. That was that your first time watching it or yeah, fully?
1: Yeah. All the way through. Yes. That's the first time it was rough, but we'll get there. It was rough. <laughs>
0: it was rough. Yeah. He, okay. Did you come out a changed man from that experience? No. 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 <laughs> okay. Bruce, did you come on a changed man from post Santa luck Did you just, I wanted to pull my hair out. Mm-hmm. I think by the end of it, you pull your, <laughs> pull your hair out. Okay. Visual. Nice. Very good. You know what? We're just going to start right off. No movie rewinds, no recommendation. We're going to get to recommendations right now. Let's just not bury the lead. Zack Snyder. I've seen every, almost every Zack Snyder film. What was the first zombie movie he did? I forgot the name of it. I don't know. The dawn of the dead i still haven't seen this bruce perkey and eric you bo- are you both champions of that snyder
1: film i i liked it um the original dawn of the dead the weird thing is original dawn of the dead is usually the one that people lift up the most and i think of romero's uh probably not not the worst but uh it, it's my least favorite uh you know not you know you get into diary of the dead and all that and but between like uh, between Night of the Living Dead and Land of the Dead, I think Dawn of the Dead might be my least favorite one. It's still good though, and the remake was remake was good. I didn't have the baggage going in when I when I first saw it. I just thought it was a cool zombie movie.
0: And Bruce, wait, did you think this Dawn of the Dead was it a cool zombie movie when you first saw it? And then when you first saw it, maybe were you excited to see more of the Snyder this person's
2: film? Yeah, I think that, think that think that. Snyder's Dawn of the Dead might still be my favorite movie he's made. Okay. Okay. And just very quickly, because of its what? Probably because it's written by somebody else.
0: Okay. All right. And moving forward, we're gonna go. James Gunn wrote it, so (laughs) because I'm a Snyder fanatic, I'm just gonna skip over this review. Let's just talk. Let's just talk about the dry right now. We're gonna skip over Army of the Dead. Let's just talk about the dry. I'm gonna be the most boring part of this this review. So I'm just gonna do a quick plot some summation, and I'm gonna get to we're gonna get to Bruce and Eric. Okay, because you guys are gonna know how much I love Army of the Dead. Anyways, it's shot, meaning it's lensed, it's deep. Zack Snyder is the director. The, uh, I'm assuming a producer, and the cinematographer behind Army of the Dead, a new Netflix movie currently in theaters, that centers on a zombie outbreak that occurs in Las Vegas. What happens now is within a span of 72 hours, that whole Las Vegas Sin City will be nuked. It will be nuked. All of those zombies, and including a zombie tiger, will be incinerated. The thing is, there is, I think, 200 or $220 million hidden in some kind of bank vault in one of the hotels. And this organizer, this uh, this guy wants this really rich man wants to get that two hundred twenty million dollars out. So he hires Dave Bautista uh, to actually take the money out. And Bautista himself, Bautista plays this guy named Scott Ward. You're assuming he's some kind of mercenary military guy. He's currently when we when we see him, he's flipping burgers at a local joint, making obviously no money. But he's hired to actually go to Las Vegas before the bomb hits and take all that money out he has to actually recruit several people to join him in this ragtag mission to get that money out before the place gets bombed up. And that's it. The first, as I think I either Eric, you or Bruce noted that it the first 50 minutes is just a lead up. Okay. The opening moments, you, it's, a, it's kind of a Snyderverse situation where you have a lot of zombie action, which I think is very cool, but a lot of maybe almost half of the movie is just a lot of character building and exposition which by the way, this movie is two hours and 28 minutes, 148 minutes of Zack Snyder. Now, if you love, <laughs> by the way, the casino, it's short, Boss, it's a short for Snyder, right? It is a short for Snyder. The casino boss is Bly Tanaka. That's play, who's played by Hiroyuki Sanada. Hiroyuki Sanada, you've seen him in The Last Samurai. And he has one of my favorite sequences ever in cinema, He in, in Sunshine. That's a, a very, very wonderful sequence. And as Bruce nods, You know, hopefully you're nodding at at how awesome Army of the Dead is. Now, that's the plot summary of this. Oh, don't, don't with the thumb. I give this, you know, I was saying four and a half stars last night. This is a straight four out of five movie. It's a popcorn flick. I wish I'm going to have Bruce Perky and possibly Eric Holmes throw up right now. My nice complaint is I could have taken three hours, three and a half hours of Army of the Dead. I loved every single character love the character development, love the action when they eventually got to it in the third act. To me, this was a near perfect film. The only nitpicks I have is some of the dialogue, especially, I'm not going to give too much away. There's a dialogue, a recurring dialogue about a food truck, which I thought was unnecessary. And I'm not going to mention what's in the food truck because that would be spoilerish, I guess. But aside from the food truck, that was the only blemish behind Army of the Dead. For me, it's two hours and 28 minutes of awesomeness. So that is 100% positive, Zack Snyder. Um, team Snyder, I'm going to start off with, oh, do I start off with Bruce or Eric? Eric, who do I start off? You or Bruce? What do you, you call it? Let's, let's go with Bruce. <laughs> Bruce. we well, on a positive said, note. You said, okay, okay.
2: <laughs> Bruce Perky. All right, let's see. We got a story about a band of mercenaries getting sent into a quarantine zombie zone to get some money. Oh, wait, that's... Trained to Busan Peninsula from last year. Okay, uh, we have a walled-off city that is now an apocalyptic zone with a time limit to get in and out before you die. Oh yeah, that was Escape from New York. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> okay. No, I, I didn't find the action very exciting. Really? I didn't find the heist interesting. Uh, this is like,
0: how about entertain? Were you entertained? Were you not? No, even... I was
2: very bored by this. So, oh wow. Okay. I guess I look at it this way: cheeseburger movie. This is a cheeseburger movie, right? Fast food movies. The way I look at it is a fast food movie, you know, you're not going to get any nutrition from it. You know, you're probably going to feel not super satisfied by the end, but you want it to taste good when you're eating it. And to me, this movie didn't taste good while I was eating it. It was like eating a frozen pizza and wanting like like a real pizza, you know, Mm. this is like. This is like the girl who was the popular cheerleader in high school goes to college and puts on glasses and talks about how random she is and how what a nerd she was. This is like a f- someone faking. They're faking. I mean, it, it's, you're, you're saying this movie is one a piece of cinematic fakery. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's just, it's just mediocrity in every a- aspect of it to me. And it's just, it's Snyder doing all of his worst tactics and just doing them all in a mediocre way. And I just wasn't, I wasn't, I literally can count the fun moments in this movie on like half of a hand. You know, there was a moment with a tiger that I really liked. There was a joke by Tignataro who was, I think, CGI'd into this movie that I like. And a whole bunch of stuff that I either was bored by or thought was really mediocre and I'd seen done better somewhere else. Or I just I just wasn't feeling it. And oh, here's another example. <laughs> music, right? Snyder with music, songs. And I'm not going to describe a song. We all know what it is. But if Snyder had picked the music for like Reservoir Dogs at that opening scene when they're all walking towards us, it would have been like, who let the dogs out? Like that's the kind of on the nose music choices he does in this movie. It's like the most generic, obvious music choices that he could possibly pick. I mean, people are going to love this movie. They probably will love it. But if you actually sit back and think about it, for all the things it's doing, it doesn't do any of them very well. And you could see three other movies that do each of those kind of movies better. You could see a better heist movie, you can see a better zombie movie, better post apocalyptic movie, better action movie. All of them. Okay. Well, <laughs> wow. And before we get to you, Eric Holmes' movie also stars along
0: with Dave Bautista. Some, in my opinion, some really good performances from Ella Purnell. She plays Kate Ward the daughter of Scott Ward. Scott Ward played in, by De Bautista. Omari Hardwick's in this as well. Ana de la Reguera, and she's very good. Theo Rossi, he plays this, I don't know, border guard who's a little bit corrupt, who's part of the crew. And there's this woman who I've never seen her in anything, Nora Arne Zetter. Arne Zetter, I think. She plays Lily, the coyote. I think she's very good in this movie as well. Of course, there's Garrett Dillahunt who plays the right-hand man of Bly Tanaka. Garrett Dillahunt is always a welcome welcome feature i wish there was a little bit more of him in this but he's very good as well eric combs what is your take obviously bruce perky is that's a not a definitely not no recommend for bruce perky this is a strong recommend for you uh for me for me I, you're gonna have to go on one side or the other by the end of this i, I want i want uh, you
1: to vote in well first of all the i, I don't know if zach snyder listens to podcasts? Probably not. I probably don't care about movie reviews of his movies, especially people that in the past just done nothing but shit on them. But I, I'm an editor. I know how to edit movies and I can edit yours to get them down. There, There's a great movie here. And that great movie is about 90 minutes long, but this one's two and a half hours long. So right away there's, uh, it's, it's quite bloated, especially for the story that it's telling. It's not like this sprawling epic that you need you know it's not dune uh you don't need all that you don't need all that time but for you know rather than review the movie for what it isn't I'll review it for what it is first the opening scene the title sequence Zack Snyder does that Zack Snyder thing that he did in the Watchmen and you know he doesn't a lot of you know he has these really opulent opening title sequences and I really like this one and I kind of like when he does that I kind of that's he kind of shines in that music video kind of kind of area and then it has a it has a pretty decent opening scene where the the zombies get out and then there's a bunch of stuff that doesn't need to be there, <laughs> and it just kind of keeps going and keeps going, and it it does the exact same thing that uh, Justice League the Snyder Cut did, where you got that full first half that's like, come on, let's go, okay, zombies, ice, let's let's move it along, and then it's not until like the last hour where everything finally starts getting fun, and I'm actually enjoying it. Tig Notaro, she's. She was, I don't know the full story, but she came on late. They Christopher Plummered her in it and placed like Kevin Spacey or whoever they took out. And uh, I I knew the name Tignataro. I didn't really know who she was. But I really like her in this, and I kind of, I kind of wish she would be in like a Shane Black movie or like a Predator or something. I, her her character is a little, you know, a little too over the top here, but like I, I could see her like in a in a really cool action movie, kind of similar to this, but like maybe like a you know Shane Black version. Or so she's really good.
0: Uh, yeah. By the way, she replaced Chris, di, Chris D'Elia. <laughs> That makes sense now. <laughs> yeah.
1: Sorry, yeah. I, I, I okay. I did I did hear about that. I didn't know that was okay. But, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, hey, Zack Snyder, good on you. That was that was probably a good move. Good call. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I think the uh, last hour of this is probably where it gets really fun. Uh, of course, uh, Bruce is probably uh, checked out by yeah. then. And it was uh, definitely
2: th- the last the forty five minutes before the last fifteen. That was the best part of the movie. Yeah, for sure. And uh, like I was gonna, I, I won't cut you off, but other I'll than to ahead. say. Other than to say, like, what you said at the beginning, I think, is exactly to the point. I mean, I kind of slammed on it. But to get more, like, specific, I mean, he does this great montage. And in, like, how many minutes is that opening title sequence, it tells us the entire downfall of Vegas, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it would be cheap to do it. But you essentially could do the exact same thing with all the characters. <laughs> I mean, you could introduce all the characters to the moment they're walking into Vegas in probably 10 minutes at the most.
1: Yeah, actually, that, that's yeah, that's yeah, do that. Do that opening montage. Bam! You're in, they're in Vegas, ready to ready to d- pull the heist, and cut the daughter and her subplot
2: entirely out of the movie entirely. Exactly. That cuts <laughs> thirty minutes out of this movie. It cuts a, a ridiculous subplot in the last twenty minutes that absolutely makes no sense and is unnecessary and ridiculous. I mean, it's a comedy I mean, movie, so it's being ridiculous, but that's extra ridiculous. And then one other little thing: you can't show a character get bit by one zombie and turn into a zombie within minutes and then have that same zombie bite another character and have it take hours for that person to turn into a zombie. you got to have those rules in your movie. you
1: got to have that. Oh, You, you can do that because it's in the <laughs> script. It was in the script. So the, the weird thing is that these aren't zombies, though. They're, they're vampires. They're pretty, yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's yeah. zombie vampires. And, and that's not really... I, I don't think that's a really a knock against the movie. Uh, I almost kind of feel like that uh Zack Snyder should just lean into his, I mean, he basically invented the new monster. I would have just leaned into it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Honestly, you could have just almost
2: made this a remake of escape from New York Th- thrown out the heist entirely. Give them another reason to go in there. They're going to save somebody like escape from New York. They're going to save somebody And here's this zombie vampire universe and let the zombie vampire universe be the story because it's interesting. This is the most interesting thing here. I will say
1: though, I I will say though, this movie was uh, really kind of getting under my skin in a bad way. And I was like, fuck this thing. And then uh, we were, uh, (laughs) we were messaging back and forth and Bruce was still watching it. Yeah. (laughs) And I think, I think I was actually tickled by the fact that Bruce was hating it so much that it kind of made me love it more. Cause I I started thinking, cause like, you know, up till now I've been, I've been reviewing this movie as a, as a movie, but now I'm reviewing it kind of how it makes me feel. And now (laughs) it's kind of making me feel kind of giddy. And and I know it took me a long time to get there, but this is a Snyder cut of my review. So it's going to go on a little longer than it should, but uh, zing. (laughs) <laughs> very good very but uh, th- th- this is a movie that uh if you're gonna go see this it's playing in theaters <laughs> go bring your buddies or if you're gonna watch it on netflix i think was it come out on netflix this weekend or next week this week this, this week friday yeah. okay yeah. when it comes out on netflix get your buddies get drunk and watch this like this is that kind of movie maybe you'll i maybe you'll legitimately earnestly like it and enjoy it and in that case that's great but if you don't Uh, we can kind of poke fun at it and that's great you know that's enjoying it in a different in a different way uh i mean there's beyond what i think of it kind of agree with bruce that what we say doesn't really matter because i think this is gonna this is gonna be one that people are gonna like uh that this is gonna be the uh the horror movie that people that don't really watch a lot of horror movies watch because it's, it's, it's not uh it's not, you know, it's got, it's got its thrills here and there, but it's not scary. So I think it's a lot more accessible for
2: yeah It's, it's way more an action movie than it is a horror movie. Yeah. Really. I mean, it's a very gory action movie because you've got kind of like monsters. They, they could be anything. They don't have to be zombies in this movie. Really. It, zombie mythos is kind of beside the point, you know? Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I, I just think that Zack Snyder's like the good version of Michael Bay. And I can I can deal yes, with that. I can I can agree with that too.
0: Okay. So that is Army of the Dead, currently in theaters, hits Netflix on Friday. Again, I really loved everything about this movie. I I the 50 minute lead up worked for me. It reminded me of the Robert Aldrich film The I'm sure Bruce is just I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes right now. Seventy five percent on the tomato meter, eighty percent on the audience score. And yeah, no, I, I loved every single character in this movie. The fifty minutes of character buildup reminded me a little bit of Robert Aldrich's The Dirty Dozen or John Sturges's The Magnificent 7 a lot of suicide mission the, the whole suicide mission trope the wild bunch there's a little bit of that flavor into Army of the Dead yes they could have done the characters in a montage but i think the point of what Snyder was getting was trying to go for with Army of the Dead he was trying to make an epic narrative you know it, you know this epic narrative set in Vegas with these ragtag individuals these misfits trying to get in and get out And I I thought it was great. I thought as as pure entertainment, it absolutely worked for me. For stars for me at least i was thinking like maybe even you know what maybe even four and a half i mean i'm very high on this bruce perky not high on this eric holmes do you recommend this movie or not
1: i i would and i would okay. also warn certain people because there's a there's a part at the end that happens and i was watching it and i spit out my cranberry juice i don't know <laughs> what what's in your head bruce what did you think of that i
2: i, I spit out my cranberry juice too when I when i was <laughs> drinking it absolutely okay <laughs> okay so no
0: right definitely not definitely not recommend from bruce strong recommend from from me and eric holmes slight recommend
1: this this is recommend there's a lot of people are going to watch this and a lot of people are going to enjoy this and even though you know uh, it it didn't grab me all the way you know there's there's some fun to be had here and i think you know most people go into most people that would go into this kind of movie are just going to eat it up yeah Mm -hmm. i mean For that sake, this has a way higher rating, and I consider it a cheesy movie,
2: whereas the cheesy movie I'm going to talk about later has a way lower rating, so I'm just not on the same cheese level. I like a different kind of cheese, apparently, so uh, maybe mine is Munster. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a provolone guy
0: myself. Eric Holmes, what is your favorite type of cheese?
1: Uh, I just had this conversation with a friend of mine last night. (laughs) We decided it was Munster oh or monster or, or moinster I, <laughs> I think greg i think your cheese is is colby zach cheese is pulpy
0: zach fair pulpy enough zach, i yes. will take that i am pulpy <laughs> zach pulpy snyder that's my favorite cheese i will i will be till the day i die i will be defending mr snyder just you know and i still haven't seen the snyder cut bruce your your thoughts you think i'm going to say the snyder cuts of a masterpiece what do you think when i see it i haven't seen it i don't know Oh you, haven't, I mean, oh, I you, oh, you haven't seen it yet?
2: No, I'm oh, not going to see the Snyder Cut unless it? I have some big incentive to do so. I'm not okay. going to see it. I, I would okay. watch
1: this movie again over the Snyder Cut anytime.
2: Oh, any time? Okay. okay. Twice. Cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
1: yeah. In two okay, and a half twice. hours, I could
0: watch it twice. <laughs> okay, well, who knows? Bruce, maybe one, one of these days. You know, one of these days. You know what? If I ever get... Oh, well, I'm 50. I don't know if I'll ever get married, but if I ever get married and we have a destination wedding in, let's say, Alabama... Maybe I'll go out there, and
2: maybe <laughs> we'll everyone, anyone ever had a destination wedding in Alabama?
0: Destination wedding in Alabama, <laughs> Eric Holmes. Of course, you're invited, we will bring Angie Clark and Jeffrey Basson. Jeff Basson, we know your name now. My my fault on that. Peter Beta, well, Chad Wilfong. They're all invited to the wedding, and then the, during the wedding, we're not even going to go through. Uh, we're just going to watch a Snyder Cut. That's a whole big screen, and that's it.
1: And we go to the we go to the uh, wedding. And then after that, we watch the Snyder Cut, which will be the wetting. <laughs> the wetting. And then maybe after hours, we'll, we'll do the real – for the real
0: folks who are sticking around, we'll, we'll do a screening of the death of Dick Long, right? That, 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 that. <laughs> there you <are>. go. <laughs> That's what we'll do. Okay. That'll be a weird, weird uh, nuptials. But anyways, so that is it. That is Army of the Dead. We are now on to our second main feature. I am guessing that Bruce Perky will like this more. I am guessing. I'm, I don't know. Maybe I, I could be wrong. This movie is called The Dry. It hits theaters May 21st. And quote, everywhere you rent movies. Eric Bana, he plays a federal officer who his, his federal agent, Aaron Falk, he returns back home to a small town. It's in the middle of dry season. It hasn't rained in forever. His best his childhood best friend Luke has been is killed. But the thing is, it might be a murder-suicide situation where Luke is killed and his wife is killed and his son is killed the only one left alive is the baby so there is a murder that people think you know he he probably killed his most of his family except the baby and then maybe put himself out into the middle of i guess in a field and shot himself with a shotgun and now his best friend federal agent aaron hawk comes aaron fa comes to the town to actually attend the funeral and he's about to leave but the parents of his childhood friend ask him to stay and investigate the murder And they they believe that their son was not a killer, that maybe there was some foul play involved. That is the story of the dry. But the thing is, what makes the dry interesting is the reason Aaron Falk, his return home is a little bit bittersweet and maybe even haunting and maybe nightmarish is years ago, Aaron Falk left the town along with his father because of a traumatic situation, which involved one of his own friends, 17 year old Ellie Deacon. So Ellie Deacon and another woman named Gretchen, and Luke and Aaron—these four teenagers. So the movie cuts a little bit to the past, where you see these four youths and they're playing around a lake, and one of them dies. That's not a spoiler. That's the whole premise of the thing. So there's two murders that has to be solved: a cold case murder from years ago from one of his friends, and another one of his friends who was recently murdered. That and that's all set within this arid, just arid, arid, dry, just very bleak landscape. In Australia, that is the setting of the dry. A lot of the the compositions are widescreen shot. So if you're actually watching this in the theater, it, it'll be pretty much a sight to behold. Of course, if you like a lot of dirt, it, it's right up right up <laughs> should be right up your alley. So the, so that is the dry. First off, Eric Holmes, your initial thoughts, your thoughts, overall thoughts on this movie? Just, did it work for you?
1: Uh, this reminded me a lot of uh, the dig of uh, where I recognize it as a good movie, but I didn't, it never really grabbed me. You know, obviously the opening scene was pretty haunting and the, well, not the last scene, but the almost last scene, you know, that, that was, that was a thing that happened, but like everything in the middle, was it, it was similar to similar to the dig where I'm watching going, okay, okay. And then as soon as the thing happened, I like completely forgot what I just saw. And then this might be one of those movies that I don't even want to say I didn't like it because I didn't hate watching it. I just didn't remember any of it. But given my thoughts on the dig and what people thought of that afterwards, my guess is that people are going to like this a lot more than I did, and probably go back to it a lot more. Uh, I don't know, but overall, this one was pretty. Uh, as Anderson says, "In one eye, out the other." For me,
0: in one in one eye, out the other for Eric Holmes. Yeah, for me. Uh, Eric Bana it just reminded me how awesome an actor Eric Bana is in this movie. Aaron Falk, hes a—he's a guy who really holds everything close to his vest. The warning to Eric Holmes's words: this is a, a big warning. If you don't like slow build thrillers, it should not be for you because this movie is close to two hours and it's a sort somewhat of a procedural. You see Aaron Falk just going by the. Just a mundane, just a routine situation of just investigating this murder. He actually takes the the local cop under his wing in a sense. And yep. he gets to know all the people within the town. It's okay. very methodical. Aaron Falk, again, is not an extrovert. So a lot of it a lot of this movie is internal. So if you're not ready for that kind of thriller where it's slow burn all throughout the movie and it's
1: very nuanced. Well, you, it, uh, but the kill like I, I don't think it's so much that it was a slow burn I think it was just that there wasn't anything like remarkable about it because like killing the two lovers is a slow burn you have the you have and, and actually it's real similar to this it's got that that really memorable beginning and that really memorable ending and then the rest in the middle is just things happening but for some reason i maybe it was just i was invested in the characters more than i was. It. Uh, I was invested really? in the characters more in the Killing of Two Lovers than I was in the characters of the dry. But yeah, it, it wasn't so much the pacing. I think it was just the, I, I don't know. <laughs> in I, never mind. Well, we'll, let, we'll let y'all talk about it. <laughs> no worries. No worries. You, so Eric, you were not invested as
0: much. I was definitely invested. I really enjoyed it. But again, I was, I was thinking about the people who might not enjoy it regarding the slow build. Bruce, where do you land on this?
2: I'm probably pretty close to Eric on this. I think it's good but not great and i think it's one of those things where if you like kind of a very traditional kind of crime mystery it's it's okay at that but i honestly think that's what weakens this movie because it has a parallel story right it has the story of kind of his haunted past which kind of drove him out of the town and how the town thinks of him and then it's got this other parallel story of the current murder mystery basically or is it a murder mystery or is it a suicide or what is it and i think the current like mystery aspect is kind of generic and not that interesting even though they're using it to reveal the past i think really the most interesting thing to me is is the past event and kind of all these the way the town sees him and stuff but uh, i like his performance but he's also like you said he's very reserved and you almost feel like you need somebody who's to kind of counter him someone that's vivacious or energetic or something, you know, whereas uh, like we talked about the killing of two lovers, they're quiet performances, but they're intense as hell like that's And they stick with you. Whereas this one is very like he's stuff is happening to him. So, and I think the setting is great and you're going to get comparisons to things like, um, you know, picnic at hanging rock with kind of this mysterious past it's a thing that happened. That's kind of haunted the area. But yeah. it doesn't have that kind of dreaminess to it, really. It doesn't have that kind of style. It's a little bit like to use, uh, to be obvious, it's kind of dry. Like the movie is kind of dry yeah, it is in its presentation. Dry. Yeah. So I would say if you like kind of traditional kind of crime mysteries, crime dramas that aren't really extra violent and, and flashy, that this might be right up your alley. You might like it more than than myself and Eric. I thought it was, I would recommend it, but very cautiously. I think that a lot of people are going to be kind of bored by this cuz it's not going to have enough enough happening for them. And I just wish it was more of just him and the town and his past coming to grips with his past and somehow make that the center of the story
0: more. I thought the o- overall I do agree I thought the past murder was more interesting because it's really looks into the layers behind that. If I do have a nitpick, I wish they actually explored a couple of those scenes more, especially towards the final act which I was actually asking for some clarification from Eric Holmes which we're and like, Bruce Perky. <laughs> like, what? But no, that's a couple of nitpicks for me. But I, I think the main, the main mystery work for me, the atmosphere of the movie, the idea of things being dry, arid, everyone, the whole life is sucked out of them. It, it works. The, and, and unfortunately, when you're viewing it, it's painful to watch sometimes because it feels like the movie has lost all of its color because everyone – it's pretty much drained from life pretty much. And, you know, so I really enjoyed the whole vibe of this movie there. Again, there are some really cool wide shots, like like Bruce was talking about, the, the Peter Weir's, the picnic at hang, Hanging Rock, while that's more atmospheric and the dry is ex- exactly dry. There are some really interesting vistas that the director really employed. What is the director's name? Let me look at my- up Robert right Connolly. Robert Connolly. Thank you, Bruce. So that is the dry- Based on the best-selling novel, and yeah, I ended up really, really digging it. Slight recommend from you, Bruce. Yeah, Eric Holmes. Is it a slight recommend or no recommend? Uh,
1: this, it's, not, it's not a recommend for me, but again, I, I think, I think there's uh, just like the dig. I think there's people there. This is not a bad movie. It's just one that didn't work for me, and I think there's people that are going to like it. But there's probably people are going to land on my camp as well. So we'll, we'll cool. see.
0: Currently, as we speak on Rotten Tomatoes, whether you find that as a really good arbiter of ratings, currently with 35 reviews as of this recording, it has a rating of 94%. And again, that is the dry one hour and 58 minutes. It's a bit of a miracle that both these movies, The Dry and Army of the Dead, are a little bit above 80 minutes, and I love them both because I usually do not like movies. Ar- so love 80 if there minutes. was
1: a if there that was a might. movie that needed to be 69 percent on IMDb, I think Army of the Greg should or Army, Ar- of, Army, of, the Army the Greg. of the Dead should be that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, Army of the Greg. Yes, yes. I want to see Army of the Greg.
2: I, I, uh, uh, Las Vegas filled with zombie Gregs. <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of you know what
0: would it be? Army, if it was Army of the Greg set in Las Vegas, how would it be shot? It would be shot with a lot of, lot of close-ups, a lot of push-ins, which I know Anderson Cowan hates. There will be a lot of split
1: screens. It'd be a bunch mm, of yeah, yes. it'd be a bunch of zombies apologizing to each other and self-deprecating. <laughs> <laughs> very good no, no, favorite. you eat
2: him first. You eat him. <laughs> I can't finish him. No, there's no way.
1: No, no, no. you have it. You, you know, I had brains. It was good. It was good.
0: <laughs> very good. Very good, Eric, and the long monologues that don't go anywhere, and of course, the piece that is a taunts. Way too many following shots to count. And so a lot of following shots all over the bleeping place. Obviously, these following shots would be steady cam version and no bleeping cuts. Maybe if there are cuts. I might just, you know, they'll, they'll be hidden cuts. So that, that's the Army of the Greg comes out on VOD immediately shot, shot and directed by Anderson Cow- Cowan and Eric Holmes with some uh, pro- production values from Bruce Perky. So that that's it. That is the no no, Bruce. Okay. So those are our two movies. This segment is called. Eric Holmes has a lot of movies to talk about. Okay. No no movie rewind. No recommendations. These are Eric has a, Eric Holmes has a lot of movies to talk about.
1: Let's start off from the top, Eric. All right, uh, let's start off with uh, those who wish me dead because um, this one kind of uh, is real similar to the dry. And... Before you get to that, Eric,
0: I hear I've, I've read some. Okay. I've read some reviews, some reactions from our Cinematics Facebook group. My mother really enjoyed it. A lot of people don't like this movie. They're saying it's a minor film from Sheridan. Yeah. But then there are other people who say this is a great throwback. And it's just, I don't know if you've been hearing the reactions, Bruce. It's just night and day reactions. And I just, do you, can you like talk about about that within your review? I,
1: I, I don't, I don't. Uh, claim to know what's in people's heads. Uh, what's in their heads? Uh, <laughs> sorry, we gotta go back to that, <laughs> didn't we? Um, but um, this is a really good movie. I, it's not Taylor Sheridan's best, it's probably his worst movie, but uh, and it, it's not even, it, it's not even really a bad movie. It's just, I think it might just be because I mean, Taylor Sheridan, what he did, Car high Water. water. Taylor yep. High Water, oh, went, Wind yeah. River, like he he just keeps stepping it up, stepping it up. And this one, like, you know, if the rest of his movies are like eight out of tens, this one's like, or if the rest of his movies are ten out of tens, this one's like an eight out of ten, which is still really good. And if it was anyone else making this movie, they'd be like, Wow, those who wish me dead was really good. I think since it was Taylor Sheridan, Sheridan, I think people were waiting for that little extra that you know he gave with Teller high water or sicario and it's just not here but it's still And do you think real, that's unfair? That might be unfair because why don't you just enjoy the movie for what it is. And maybe yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. I mean I mean with the you know if Tarantino comes out with the movie well, fuck it happened with Tarantino uh, death proof. I think death proof is great. That's a great movie. But yeah. or even to a better example uh Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown came out unfortunately came out after Pulp Fiction. <laughs> so you know it, it and death proof you know came out later on so people were expecting you know they they come in with expectations and it might not be fair but i mean to you know it's it's a uh, case of that that doesn't happen if the filmmakers aren't successful so it, what they say it's a, it's a good problem to have but yeah this is uh this is still a pretty pretty tight thriller and it's, uh, you know, it's really good. Angelina Jolie, can't remember the last thing I seen her in. And then I forgot, I was like, oh yeah, she's really fucking good. <laughs> and uh, I, I kind of, th- this movie kind of made me miss Angelina Jolie a bit and kind of hope she shows up in more stuff. Right away, uh, beyond the Taylor Sheridan thing, I got, I started thinking of Only the Brave, which right away I had to pause the movie and just walk away for a bit and go, okay, we have to get only the brave out of my head because there's no way in hell this movie's going to live up. To that. Of course it's such a great movie though. Uh fucking uh Burnthal what what's his name? Yeah, John like, Burnthal. John Burnthal, he's in it. You know, he's uh he likes to look around a lot when he's acting. <laughs> but he, he's so he's so like everyone in this is pretty good. Uh the story's pretty simple. This guy uh has some information and there's two hitmen or two gangsters or whatever that don't want that information getting out. They want to kill him. They chase him down and run his car off the road and they don't know that his uh, son is in there with him. Dad's about to die. He hands his son this thing and uh, hands him the MacGuffin. I guess it's not really a MacGuffin. We know what it is. It's information that'll fuck them. Yeah, that's a MacGuffin. Anyway, uh, (laughs) he hands him the uh, stuff and he's like, um, you know, find a creek follow the creek creeks turn into rivers and rivers lead to cities just keep going don't talk to any cops don't talk to anyone the only people you need to talk to is the news and then hand this to him and everything will be done dad dies and the kid's sad because you know he has to watch his dad get murdered he figured he might get uh, a little so anyway he's uh running and then uh you got Angelina Jolie who's on like uh, one of those uh, watchtowers uh looking for smoke Uh, You know, oh, there's a fire over there. Uh, she's a smoke jumper, I guess. And uh, she gets down, she runs into the kid and then uh, wants to help him out. And they're pretty much running from the guys this way, but then there's a fire starts up this way, so they're kind of caught in between a rock and a hard place. And that's that's the movie. Uh, it doesn't go much deeper than that, and I don't think it really needs to except for the fact that it's Taylor Sheridan and they wrote directed it, so people kind of expect it to be more. Um, but yeah, this is totally watchable. But if uh, you got your hopes that this is going to be another Sicario or Hell or High Water, it is not, but still really good.
0: And it's currently playing streaming right now on HBO Max, if you have yep. a subscription to HBO Max. So this is a definite recommend for you, strongly recommend, Eric Holmes?
1: Yeah, uh, just uh, again, like I said, if, if you're expecting... Top shelf Taylor Sheridan, you're just getting just below that, a little below that. So just so know, know that going in.
0: Okay. So that is the first one. That is those who wish me dead. Definitely want to, I'll probably check it out now that you like it a little bit more than a lot of people I've heard it from. Some yeah. people really just don't like that movie, but I, you like it. My mom likes it. That's fair enough. Spiral, that's been getting really
1: mediocre, lukewarm reviews. And now, this one I don't get. Directed by Darren Lynn Boozman, Bowsman. Ba- I thought it was written by Chris Rock, but apparently not. It was written by Josh Stolberg and Pete Goldfinger. Uh that okay. guess they named a band after him. Um, this <laughs> is um okay, so a bunch of people are complaining about this. I think this is like the most focused Saw movie. I I, I don't know what you guys think of the previous Saw movies, and I, I like them. Uh I, I don't think I saw the Jigsaw it was the only one I didn't watch, but when Saw came out. Uh, my friend Gabe Patton pointed, you know, found a thing of it. It was like, hey, let's watch this movie Saw. So that that became like our movie. So every time a new Saw came out, you know, me and Gabe would get together and just that, you know, Saw was our movie. So we'd, we'd go and watch all of them until I moved out here to Colorado Springs and we don't do that anymore. But, uh, uh, you know, for the most part, I like the Saw movies. The, the biggest complaint I have with them is that you go in for the interesting kills. And what about the story? I couldn't tell you what the story is. They're so (laughs) unbelievably convoluted. And if you put a gun to my head and said, I want to play a game, you need to tell me the story of saw one or two or three or any (laughs) of them, or you will die, or you can cut your fingers off. And I'll be like, I guess I'm cutting my fingers off. (laughs) I could not tell you, Uh, but this one's much more focused. It's uh, a copycat saw killer. And he's going around killing dirty cops and uh, Chris Rock is the center of all this. And so it's, I mean, it's, you know, pretty timely for sure. And it's great premise for a saw movie or a a plot for a saw movie. And I I think this one works. I I don't quite, I mean, there's look, it's still a saw movie. So the, you know, where the, the copycat sets up the traps um, are kind of ridiculous and there's stuff that they do in the police department that just flat out just don't work. Um, and I would have to get into spoilers to explain why they don't work, but it's not, it's, it's one of those things you see it happening and you go, how did no one see him drag in all that fucking, you know, rusted metal and, and, you know, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Razor blades and shit. And it's like, but that that was kind of, that's kind of a trope of the saw movies anyway. So you just kind of, you kind of let that go. Um, but uh, Christopher or Chris Christopher Rock, uh, <laughs> Chris Rock, uh, he's great in this, and I want to see him do more stuff like this. And I pitched a I pitched a, uh, a salt on precinct thirteen movie mm-hmm. a couple episodes ago, uh, with the with the uh, Black Lives Matter bent to it. Kind of wish, uh, yeah. Hey, Chris Rock, if you're yes. listening, do that one. <laughs> i'll help you write it but i uh, yeah, go ahead and do that he, he chris rock's great in this and i really want to see him do more uh uh i, I kind of wish he would have directed this honestly because top five was a really good movie and i think i'm pretty sure chris rock directed that yeah um, he did he got good reviews I, for that one too i remember yeah i i don't know why he didn't direct this one or write mm-hmm. it for that matter because i mean he's a good writer too um i, I think the spiral like even though well, first of all, the title sucks. Spiral is a good title. Spiral is fine. Spiral from the book of Saw. Like, come on, guys! <laughs> it's like the end of the Mandalorian. They're trying to like, like put it. it, it, it it's just. I, I think it's that new that new catchphrase they have for the the titles. It's like Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett. It's like get the fuck out of here with that shit.
3: <laughs> Jungle okay. Book.
1: That's all you get. Jungle Book and nothing. <laughs> How is it going to the theaters? You have fun going to the theaters? Oh yeah, I did around? see this. I saw this in IMAX and I don't think I don't think any of it was shot in IMAX, but it was still fun. There was no one there. Same as when uh fuck when was the last time? Tenant, I think. But there was more people there than when I saw Tenant, but like not not by much. Um, but it it was still fun going there. I uh, ordered some food at the concession stand, hit the little tip thing. I think I think it was like nine bucks and I tipped 10. And the guys like, "Well, you can't tip more than the thing." I'm like, "Well, can you just charge me more for whatever?" Yeah, <laughs> and cool. so uh but yeah, uh it, it, if you go to the uh if you go to the uh uh movie theaters and you can if you can tip the people working at the concession stand at the movie theaters, do that. I I would say at this point, theaters are so close to death that anything you can do to kind of you know, just 5 bucks here, or whatever, in, any little bit you can give them. They probably That's need cool. help uh even though, you know,
0: that was very cool, Eric. Ten dollar tip. And um did did you order did they make you order anything or did they, did they just accept the ten dollar? No,
1: tip? no, he had a he had to take a smaller tip, but I had a five dollars in my pocket, so I just handed that to him. Well that was
0: very, that was very nice. That's very nice. Uh, listeners, if you ever see someone who looks like me giving you a ten dollar tip behind the counter, guess what? That's not me. Okay, so <laughs> But good job on Eric Holmes being the better person. That is Spiral. He's going back to theaters. Bruce Perky has been going back to theaters. You're, you've been going back to theaters as well, Bruce. Right? You're you're ready. You're open. You're good.
2: Yeah, I went. I saw Nobody and I saw Kong vs. Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong, whichever one it was. And then I've been so busy the last few weeks I haven't been able to go back. I've been kind of tied up with my my wife and some medical stuff. But I have no problem going back. Um, in fact, I would have probably seen one of those two movies. Just didn't have the ability this week. So. Yeah, okay, so that
0: is Spiral. It's currently now out in theaters, Theaters, and that is a strong recommend from you, Eric Holmes.
1: You have, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't say strong recommend. This movie could have been fantastic, like with a quick rewrite, it could have been like great, but far as saw movies go, I think this is probably one of the better ones. Okay,
0: cool, cool. That so that is uh good, good. And you also saw The Battery,
1: yes, yes, we got uh The Battery, you can find it on. DVD, I suppose. It's written and directed by Jeremy Gardner.
0: And, quote, the personalities of two former baseball players clash as they traverse the rural back roads of a post plague New England. Yeah. Of course, teeming with the undead. How did I know that Eric Holmes would watch <laughs> a movie that is, quote, unquote, teeming with the undead? Eric Holmes, as he well, this changes the sad. light for some mood, or,
1: or what is that, for some undead mood? It wasn't the undead. It was the
0: un-Greg. un Very good. <laughs> the un uh, Those who like Snyder. No, anyways. The Battery. How did you hear about this?
1: I I don't know. I really don't know. I, I came across it at Entertainart and it, uh, the uh I was like, oh, the Battery. The... Someone told me about that. And I thought it was Bruce. And I thought maybe it was Andrew Martin. And I asked both of them and both of them said, no, it wasn't me. So someone recommended it to me. I know that for sure. Uh, Actually, I don't know that for sure. I suspect that strongly, Um, but I have no idea. And if you're listening and it was you that said, hey, dumbass, it was me that said, hey, Eric, you should watch the battery. Please tell me so I can thank you because I kind of like this one uh, a bit. And this one's a little more uh day in the life kind of movie you know uh this is the post zombie apocalypse and there's two guys and they're just hanging out you know doing their day-to-day life staying away from zombies to the to the point where like uh well so one of the guys he doesn't want to kill zombies feels at some point he gets tricked into it and he he hates it like just gets sick with himself that he even had to do that the other guy's just he's been killing so- zombies so long he's like just bored of it I don't know if I should mention that, but that was a good part. There, there's a part in here that's, uh, we turned some people off for sure. Uh, yeah. I thought it was kind of hilarious. And his buddy, when he came back, thought it was hilarious too. I guess I'll leave it at that. And, uh, a little creepy on the part of the not zombie. But, uh, so they finally uh, on the radio, they finally get a hold of someone and they're like, Hey, where are you at? And they're like, Don't, you know, they heard two people talking on the radio they're like, Hey, we're, we're, we're so-and-so where are you guys at? You know, we, we want to uh, hang with you and we can help out and blah, 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 this and that. And they're like, stay away, get away. But there's a girl in the, and one of the guys in the groups, like really smitten with her voice. Like he's got this uh, manic pixie dream girl stuck in his head. And so he just can't let it go. And that ends up being his downfall. Cause uh, as you may imagine, they pop up later on in the movie and uh then they get stuck in a car and they're stuck in a car surrounded by zombies and now they're living in a car and uh yeah the battery's uh pretty good it kind of kind of does the zach snyder thing where it takes a while getting to where it needs to go but in, in the case of this i kind of liked uh watching how the characters kind of did their thing so i let that go and it ends with um uh, I don't want to say it ends with like a cliffhanger, but it they could easily do a sequel of this. And in fact, I kind of want to see the movie, start the movie in the car and end where it could possibly go by the end of this movie. I I wouldn't hold my breath for a sequel, but if they made one, I'd be pretty happy with it. And overall, I do recommend the battery.
0: So that is the battery. You actually purchased the DVD over at your local entertainment, mart, I believe Eric Holmes. Yep. Then. Written and directed by Jeremy Gardner, who is also one of the co-stars in the movie, so he's actually a DIY filmmaker. Uh, as of recently, two thousand nineteen, he released a movie called After Midnight with which co-stars Brea Grant. So, or I I believe her name is bria Grant. I believe that's how you pronounce her name.
1: One, yes, Eric, one, yeah. one thing that is kind of uh, annoying about I, I found annoying about the battery. Uh, some people might like it. It does get a bit music video, mm-hmm. like there's a. Uh, there's long parts where they're just listening to music and you just, you know, do the, the music montage thing. But, I mean, the music's good, so I kind of let that go. But uh, it's, it's just a fair warning if you're like me and that kind of annoys you sometimes when they do that a lot. This has a lot of that in it, so be warned. Okay.
0: So that is the battery. The next one that you're rounding out is the two-hour and six-minute movie. I'm assuming this is Dark Waters, the one with Mark Ruffalo. Is that the one? No, oh, Dark water. Oh, yes. Mark. Dark Waters, which you which you actually purchased on Blu-ray, directed by Todd Haynes, written by Nat- Nathaniel Rich and Mario Correa. I believe there's some of the screenwriters here. Stars Anne Hathaway, again, the aforementioned Ruffalo, Tim Robbins. Why did you purchase this on Blu-ray aircombs? Had you seen it before? Was this, a, was this just a blind buy or you just love Todd Haynes? No.
1: Uh, well, uh, Anderson, I remember, was raving about it and... It was a uh, pretty much a. This is not a courtroom drama. There, I mean, there's a little bit of it in this, but uh, but it's still kind of that courtroom drama adjacent. And right. it's just a movie I always wanted to see and never got around to, and now I finally did. And this movie is great. I fucking love this movie. Based on a
0: true, based on a true story. Mark Ruffalo plays Rob. I, I don't know. I always kept re- forgetting how to actually pronounce your name. Rob, a lot, bloat, and Hathaway, I believe plays his wife. What did you and Yeah. What did you love the most about dark waters? It doesn't, does it feel like a Todd Haynes movie as well? Todd Haynes being the one who, who's previously directed the HBO miniseries, Mildred Pierce. He also directed far from heaven, all that stuff.
1: So I don't know. I, I know the name Todd Haynes and I'm sure, sure I've seen some of his yes, movies. Yes, you have but...
0: velvet Goldmine as well. Oh, we okay. Velvet, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: This is nothing like velvet Goldmine. <laughs> this and the the, here's the velvet gold mine and dark waters is over here there's uh i guess i don't really notice his fingerprints on this apparently i'm just not familiar enough to be able to pick that out uh but yeah this one was really good it was basically a procedural you kind of uh find out that there's uh dupont's poison in the water hole and as a result uh people are getting sick and getting cancers one particular guy is uh Got to kind of sound like Sling Blade throughout most of the movie. And look, look at that damn, damn, damn cow. Damn look healthy to you? I don't think so. I don't think not feeding them. Don't, don't, don't go and do that. But uh, and then uh, Mark Ruffalo's kind of uh, he, he's kind of doing DuPont a solid kind of look. This guy's complaining about this. Let me just look into it and give me whatever you have. And then, you know, we can Mark Ruffalo's perspective is DuPont's. This is DuPont's fault but they don't know that this is happening. So he's going to the higher up saying, look, one of your, one of your lackeys here is fucking up and it's messing up this guy's cows. Let me look into this. And then we can just, we can fix that right away. And the guy's like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. And then the more he looks into it, the more the, you know, the guy thinks that they would find out something, they would fix it. And that would be the end of it. But then uh, Mark Ruffalo uncovers some stuff that, uh, that do people at DuPont would rather he not uncover and then it uh, just becomes a procedural kind of uh, pre-courtroom drama, we'll say. Because it's mostly about building evidence, finding evidence, discovery. Uh, they mentioned discovery many times in this. But yeah, this, this is a really good movie. And then it ends, ends in a satisfying way as much as you can with a movie like this. This is a story that's ongoing and you know, similar to Zodiac. You know, Zodiac, they're they're not gonna end with Zodiac where they catch the killer and ha, we saved the day because that's this is based on a real real event. So and that hasn't happened yet. But it's it's still rather satisfying in spite of that. They found a way to do that. And the uh yeah, there's a, there's a lot of heartache, a lot of headaches that uh Mark Ruffalo's character had to go through, and uh the people in the town had to go through as well. And it's kind of uh kind of Dupont's kind of fucked up for uh, you know going about things the way they did in this. Um, the Blu-ray. Is there any special features worth noting at all? That I, you, I, I watched like thirty reading? movies this year or, or this week, so I didn't have time to go through the special features. Yeah. But it looks like we got uncovering dark waters, mm-hmm. Casa being a hero, and the real people, which I guess are three must be featured like yeah yeah okay. I imagine. Oh, and. Uh, it's got a it's got the real guy. I forget the real guy's name, Rob Lot Him real, and yeah. his wife have a cameo in this, and Very cool. I believe they have a couple. Uh, they do the Bernie thing, where mm-hmm. a couple of the actual people play themselves in the movie. Not a lot, mm-hmm. but a, a couple of them. So that's that's always fun when and that seems to be a new thing that's uh, that's kind of uh, gaining favor. I mean, we talked about it with uh, Chloe Zhao and Nomadland and all her moves, and they did a little bit in here. I don't think it started with Bernie, but that's the first time I noticed anyone doing it in a movie. They do a little bit of it here and good on them. Cool.
0: Dark, so that is Dark Water, starring Mark Ruffalo, Anne Hathaway, yep. directed by Todd Haynes, out on Blu-ray. Eric Holmes purchased it, and if you want to stream it, it's on, I don't even know how to say that. Is that Foodco or Foodco Showtime, if you have it, it's also on DirecTV streaming. <laughs> go <show>, Fudco, <laughs> fud, fud, <laughs> But what is that? What do, Bruce? Do you know what the name of that streaming service Yo, is? Oh
2: fucko! What you? What you got a problem with this? Hey, oh, My hey. fault. Fu, Fubo. 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 Sorry, Fubo. Sorry, Fubo. I was. I was being a total Fubo. Is this Fubo? I remember that back in the, the early '90s, late '80s, Fubo's a lot of that Fu, going
0: around. Sorry, Fubo, I was being a total fucko in trying to pronounce your name. It's also available on Showtime Direct TV, Showtime On Demand, all that stuff. Or again, like Eric Holmes, you can get Dark Waters on Blu-ray. Now we are closing. Oh,
1: Eric Holmes, yes. I was going to say, like me, you could buy it on Blu-ray. And then rent it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, you can rent it. Yeah, buy it on Blue A like Eric does. And literally have it right here. I'm like, ah, but you know, the, the, the YouTube's right the TV's right here and it's got it. And I suck at life, but go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Bruce. I the Eric way.
0: <laughs> I definitely have to see Dark Bruce. By the way, are you ever gonna see Dark Waters? Maybe that's one of the I thought. I oh, so, saw it. you ended yeah. up you.
2: So do you agree? Are you high? Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. High on the. Yeah. Uh, did did Todd Haynes do safe? Was that one of his? Movies yes, to? that's it. That's it. Very I could good. see those as being kind of a nice pair, even though they're not the same, but they're both about like environmental and weirdness and once early and once later. Yeah. Oh. It's a really solid movie. Dark waters is really good. Okay. And a little, uh little uh, recommendation from Bruce Perky, just, Hey,
0: safe and dark waters might be a really interesting double feature. Sounds keep... like a safe pick to me. Well, oh, very good. Eric. Safe pick. Speaking of dark waters and whether a movie is going to be safe or not, Bruce Perky, we're closing out with your What's in the Box segment. What do you have for us? This is a it might be a very interesting movie,
2: right? <laughs> interesting, yes, for sure. Well... Mr. Pete Abeta mm-hmm. from the Middle Class Film Class. Uh, we might even have a little information from him uh, personally that might might appear here. Yeah, I'm gonna
0: actually put Pete. I'm gonna actually put your little mini review that Bruce Perky sent, or mini discussion or something. We're gonna, I'm gonna put it in here. So listeners, you're gonna listen to Pete Abeta from Middle Class Film Class talking about post tenebrous lux before bruce gets into it because i like to interrupt bruce all the time before he gets to the meat of the things so
3: pete here's to you here you go hey there find your film peter beta here uh you may know me from shit posting memes on the cinematics facebook page or from middle class film class my show i'm excited to hear what bruce and maybe eric and greg thought of post tenebrous lux Uh, i don't know if bruce is going to be able to rope both of them into watching it but uh, i hope so uh, when I put the film into the box, I thought the idea was to put in something that Bruce had never seen before, and I also figured that Bruce either would have not had the desire to watch this, or he turned it off halfway through, which I had some desires to as well. It's a tough watch. Uh, but I really don't know anybody who's seen this, or really even heard of this strange Mexican ultra-artsy artist, artsy and strange, strange movie, uh, besides Anderson. TFE is where I first heard about it years and years ago, and I finally got around to watching it in the early months of 2021. So I don't hate post Nebraska Lux, but I also don't recommend it uh, to just about anybody unless you're looking for a movie that's as uncomfortable as it is meandering and beautiful at times. Um, it kind of gave me a Terrence Malick Tree of Life feel, and I'd venture to guess that Shane Carruth took some inspiration for uh, Upstream Color from a few scenes. little too cool for me, but I'm glad I watched it. Anyways, keep up the great work, guys. Love the show. Find your film. Fantastic stuff. And listeners, if you feel so inclined, uh, please head on over and check out my show, Middle Class Film Class. Good times to be had by all. A lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. Can't wait to listen. All right. Thank you, Pete. I I, I
2: felt... (laughs) His was short and sweet, whereas the thing that I contributed to their show was long and not so sweet and very boring, but that's okay. The, he did a better job than I did. It was long and uh, hard. It was long and hard. Yeah. Okay. No in And way. wet. So oh, wet. Very good. <laughs> very good. <laughs> so speaking of wet, Post-Chanabrox Lux, oh, 2012 oh, directed shit. by Carlos Regades. Regades. Regades, yes. Regades. Yes. Which uh, seems to be a really interesting, exp- I would say, okay, let's start this out. This is kind of real experimental filmmaking. So this is not an easy watch. Even if you love it, this is not an easy watch. We'll probably say that from the start. Um, opening scenes, really memorable. There's a little girl in a field with some dogs and horses and it's stormy and it just stays at her level for what do you say? Maybe, I don't know, eight minutes, nine minutes. And- on that, yeah. I thought you were going to say hours, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we cut to this glowing demonic figure walking into somebody's living room with a lunch box, a naked, naked, uh glowing red devil figure. And at that point this, okay. I never said this. So I watched that much of the movie about six years ago, maybe. And it was a, originally, it was free of streaming somewhere. And I had watched that much and I never went back to it. So this gave me an excuse to go back to it. That's so I had not got past those two first scenes. And I thought, well, this is just going to be this kind of surreal montage of stuff for 100 and well what is 100 minutes something like that and it actually does kind of have a story after that uh, very slow but the basic concept is we end up following this family Uh, the father is Juan played by Adolfo Castro Adolfo Castro and Natalia um, played by Natalia Avic And then they have two children, two little, little children. And one of them is the girl that we saw in the field with the dogs. And then you basically are following them for the rest of this movie, but it's not a traditional narrative in any sense of the way you would imagine a narrative. You'll sit with them for very long scenes that are just like them in their house with their kids and the kids are just kind of playing and they might have a small conversation And you'll have these really kind of almost mundane moments of just kind of normal life. And then you'll have other scenes where all of a sudden the dad will randomly just start beating a dog to death. You know, you'd be like, what the fuck is happening? And then you'll have more random scenes of some local people in them just sitting around and talking. And then they'll go to another scene where they're having like an orgy in some bathhouse with a bunch of people. This is a very, um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe this. I'm going to get your guys' input because this is a very random movie. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I could look into, I can admire that he's doing something here, but this doesn't seem as intentional to me as like David Lynch weirdness. You know, David Lynch weirdness seems to always kind of captivate me with really interesting, weird, surreal, surrealistic moments. Whereas here, there's some moments that are, they're beautiful, sure. Um, some of them. Um, but a lot of them are just like why 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 is this <laughs> why are we doing this <laughs> a perfect example we have a scene where um natalia plays a, badly sings a neil young song on a, at an out-of-tune piano and we get to hear the whole song <laughs> i'm just like why go eric you tell you help me on this one
1: i i, I actually like that part <laughs> yeah that was one of the bad part and the devil part uh yeah the the devil part of the beginning i'm like oh this is cool and then the devil did nothing i'm like oh okay well this is what we're doing we're gonna do a bunch of nothing Um, but uh this was uh this was long (laughs) i'll give it that it was definitely long i i think you hit the nail on the head uh because david lynch certainly gets weird with it uh you know uh maya darren she gets weird with it but uh she's you know Uh, she respects her audience enough to make shorts instead of longs. (laughs) So that's, that's always nice. And, and also again, with Maya Darren and David Lynch, that they seem to, there seems to be some sort of connective tissue, like whether theme or that, that it kind of, even though it doesn't make sense, it kind of does make sense. This just seems like, uh, I just shot a bunch of stuff over 20 years. They have nothing to do with anything and uh, blah, blah We'll just cut it all together and for no reason. I,
0: I the synopsis of post tenibers lux it goes quote Juan and his urban family live in the Mexican countryside where they enjoy and suffer a world apart. And nobody knows if these two worlds are complementary or if they strive to eliminate one another. I believe I saw this maybe eight years ago, eight, seven, eight years ago, and I thought that Regattas was trying to make some kind of commentary, social commentary on living away from civilization. Because if you live away from civilization, maybe you might find some kind of inner peace in in this sanctum. And maybe this was a critique on civilization versus going back into nature, all that kind of stuff. That's what I was thinking seven or eight years ago. Now hearing you guys review it, I probably, my I was trying to ascribe a lot of themes to it, maybe, Bruce,
2: I don't know, maybe. Or maybe it's just... Um, I don't know. That's what I I was. That was my
0: impression of the movie.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to do my attack at it too. And it's something similar. I I feel like there's trying to be something about like, here's this kind of suburban. They're obviously much more wealthy than the, most of the people in that area. They have this kind of nice house compared to the, the ones around it. Nice in the sense that it's expensive. And I think there's supposed to be something about how their disconnection based on being uh, in society and more connected and urban and all this like non-natural stuff is supposed to make them more disconnected maybe. But the problem I had with that is that might work if we saw the opposite. Like if we saw all the people who are more connected being like way more like spiritual or giving or loving or family, but we see them being just as terrible to each other and to the people around them. Like we have a a person there who's, you know, terrible to his family and does terrible violent things and is seems very disconnected and is addicted to drugs. And there's all kinds of, so I don't, I don't think that if that's the theme that that really connects either where, and once again, going back to Lynch, you know, Lynch, you know, he's dreaming dealing with dream logic and like, you know, alternate realities and like you could decode Lynch, but also I feel like Lynch is more, interesting even if you don't understand it usually his stuff is more interesting whereas this is like moments like eric said moments were definitely very interesting and cool but then other moments were like just like why are we still here for 10 minutes so it was like almost vignettes and last but not least and then i'll get you guys make some final words we had just talked last week about the boxy aspect ratio and whether that and how that almost always works right well, here he does his boxy aspect ratio. If you didn't notice, he did. I didn't. I didn't and then, notice. but even worse, on top of that, he said, "Okay, I'm going to use the boxy asp- aspect ratio." Okay, fine, whatever. Then he used this weird filter in the entire movie where oh, the edges, ugh. where the edges are like this weird filter that causes like the edges to kind of fractile out and do this weird like mirroring thing, which meant yeah, that only so- the center of your image was like really. Uh, visibly normal and like he did you did the whole movie put like you put a glass
1: on the on like the a on bottle the frame yeah on like the, the end of a bottle frame or something for or for no ones. reason
2: it made nothing no reasons thematically it wasn't mm-hmm. used in certain scenes that were dreamy and other scenes that weren't it was used in the entire movie I mean, and it was I,
1: distracting so good it was on distracting and annoying
2: yeah <laughs> so that was i gave it i definitely took off a half star or something just for that alone so but, but i, I f- mean um if you're into experimental filmmaking definitely give it a try I would say.
0: And as far as for just something that will will stay in your brain for a while, there are oh, yeah. a couple of moments that there are a couple of scenes that if you watch this movie from beginning to end, it will be embedded into your mind possibly for the rest of your life. That's why I think on the base level, it's worth if you're, if you're a diehard cinephile and you end yeah. up even not liking this movie, there's going to be a couple of images that will be just scarred into your mind. Maybe that might not be a good thing, but just
1: FYI, mm-hmm. Eric, I I didn't know I didn't know about this before today, but the the director did another movie called uh, uh, Japan J A P O N mm-hmm. or Yapon or I I don't know how you would pronounce it, and that's on Criterion, and I almost like I, I the, the I saw the cover and I read the back and go oh this sounds weird I think I'll like this and I almost got it but I didn't because it was like fifty sixty bucks because you know mm-hmm. Criterion releases are yeah. pretty. And then I watch watched uh, Post-Tenna Bralux and I'm like, I wonder if I I wonder if I dodge a bullet. <laughs> but at the well, same maybe. time, but at the same time, Post-Tenna Bralux is just weird enough that I kind of, I'm not going to not going to pay 50 bucks for the there's right. no way in hell I'm going to pay 50 bucks for that. But if they have that f- have price sale that uh, Criterion does, maybe I'll go back and check that one out. I, I would say for me, like a final word on this, it's kind of like if you're is in Cinephile, like Greg
2: says, if you like to check out weirdo filmmakers, right? Like you want to see El Topo or Holy Mountain, at least try it out. You want to see some John Waters, at least try one out. You want to see David Lynch, at least try one out. Like we're talking about. Yeah. Very good. So this is one of those weirdo filmmakers. He's definitely doing his own thing and his flavor might just be your thing. So I would say if you're really into movies, you want to try some, you should definitely at least give it a try.
0: That's what
1: I would say. I would agree with that.
2: So that
0: is post-teniverse Lux. Thank you so much, Peter Beta, for that recommendation and forcing that movie on us on Finder Film. <laughs> for Voice. Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes to watch, I decided not to rewatch it because I still have nightmares from eight years. <laughs> I can't go into saunas feeling the same way. Yeah. Oh, and by there's, the way, it's, a lot.
2: it's only available for rental or to purchase, so you can't stream it anywhere that I could see. Like You can run your... it on YouTube. and You could rent it, oh. yeah. I mean, I rented it, yeah. but I mean, you can't just... It, it's
1: pretty cheap. I, I think it was like what, like three bucks.
2: Yeah, I oh think that's what it was, three bucks.
1: Um, Golly, Greg, we're on the moving picture cameras, uh, we're the and move- Bruce Perky's about to pull something from the box. Greg, what's in, what's the, the, what's, in the box, Bruce? What's on, in the box
0: oh, <laughs> extra voices. What's in the box?
1: What else All in right. the box, Bruce?
2: My kid's probably outside the door, hoping I'll pick his turd. I'll see hope if so. I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Well, hmm. this is something that Greg put in the box. I don't even remember. Remembered this? Oh, Rams.
1: Yes,
2: (laughs) Rams,
0: folks. I'm not talking about the the remake with Sam Elliott. I'm talking about the original one. Rams. Hopefully, yes. Okay, Rams. I really love this movie, and you know what? I'll 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 probably do a rewatch on it for as well. So Rams.
2: Wait, wait. Didn't we make a rule though? Since I'm trying to think now. If we pick something Greg put in the box, then maybe the next week he has to do something that we decide on.
1: I forget the rule. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, <laughs> sure. we come up with a rule for this. Have we? What do you yeah. think, Eric? <laughs> I, th- I think we should crowdsource this. <laughs> See what happens. I like
0: yeah. that. No, maybe that'll be an interesting thing, but yeah.
2: movie gets the most votes. Greg will have to watch and We could watch too, but Greg will have to watch for the box for the following week. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good.
0: Sounds good. So yeah. <laughs> Rick is like, is so next week you're gonna pick time. something for me to
2: watch. I'll, I'll do it.
0: Uh, yeah, I accept Zack Snyder and Brian De Palma films as well. Anything that you have in your mind, Zack Snyder, De Palma, or uh, Lumet, those are in Sam Fuller. Those are the ones. Zack
1: Snyder's the, Fury <laughs> Zack Snyder's the
0: Fury. Can you can you imagine if you remade that movie, the The Fury, Zack Snyder's remake of the Fury? So or Carrie. All right, so, so that, is that is it. That is it. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Speaking of which, I I actually attended the remake of the Carrie Press Junket, which stars Chloe Grace Moretz. And by the way, Chloe Grace Moretz is the is the star of Shadow in the Cloud. Before we go, Bruce Perky, why should we see Shadow in the Cloud?
2: Oh, why should you see it? Well, it's my kind of cheese as opposed to the other kind of cheese that we talked about earlier. Um, It's World War Two. It's 83 minutes long. It's Chloe Grace Moretz on a B 17 Fortress with a bunch of super sexist guys. She's truck, stuck in a ball turret below it. There might be gremlins. What?
1: <laughs> you kind of buried the lead there for me, but.
0: <laughs> yeah, wait, wait a second. Is this just intentionally like that? Is this movie, was it supposed to be
2: exactly like what you just said right now? I think so, but it it is absurd. It's really dumb in parts but I enjoyed every non 128 minutes of it or whatever. We just 200 and whatever minutes that we just watched in Zack Snyder. I enjoyed the hell out of this stupid fun movie. It's it goes from absurd to super absurd by the last 30 minutes. And I, I loved it. I ate it up with a spoon.
0: So now let's just say the director, the director is Roseanne Lang, Liang or Liang. Uh, I'm probably pronounced. Liang. Okay. What if, Roseanne was intentionally making it stupid. Would would this get even higher marks for you? then
2: because it would actually it probably went this way intentionally, right? Well, it's this is that weird thing. It's it's really hard to catch that perfect spot, right? If you try to be too like cheesy and absurd on purpose, it becomes like a trauma movie or like one of those, um, you know, like Sharknado. one of those Sharknado. Yeah, this movie I feel like is trying to be a kick ass, a little bit over the top historical action movie with gremlins but it doesn't work really quite on those terms but it works on terms that work for me which is just the absurdity level that it goes to and i uh, i just it has every i like it i love it all right it's i forgot i apologize i p- apologize bruce perky for actually
0: skimming this over it's and true, it's on hulu <laughs> streaming on hulu streaming on yep.
2: hoopla st- uh, are we saying a straw, solid recommend from you, Bruce? Let's just say that I would say as a movie, it's probably only a three or so, but as entertainment value, it's a five or so. So I give this a four stars. Four star- at least two stars more than Army of the Dead. Okay. Bruce, Perky, And at least I- an hour shorter. Okay. So so Bruce Perky,
0: Army of the Dead, The Dry, Shadow in the Cloud, Post-Tenebrous
2: Luxe what's the best movie of the week for you for me? Yeah. Sh- shadow in the cloud. I watched this movie <laughs> while my wife was getting, having surgery, literally watched this and enjoyed the fuck out of it. That's
0: awesome. Uh, wow. That is deep. That is, that is really deep. Okay. Eric Holmes, gauntlet throne. Are we going to see shadow in the cloud? Or are we going to do a movie rewind next week? What do you think?
1: 83 Mo- minutes more than likely. I, and I was, I was also thinking, cause like, uh, you know, it, at the beginning of the uh, the reviews, plot we always kind of, we we kind of go what the movie's about. Yeah, I, I think instead of like reading the uh, plot synopsis, it's like what's the movie about? Oh, it's about ninety six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, that I, would sum it up more. For I take this. offense when you said more than likely when.
0: Bruce Porky was basically saying gremlins you you this is one of these movies that you have to just start ingesting as I as I press stop on this record button right now. Yeah, that uh, more than
1: likely (laughs) means uh, assuming I don't get hit by a meteor or shot or, you know, any any number (laughs) of things that could happen that would prevent me otherwise to see it. Okay, I'm so yeah, excited. I, it's
2: stupid. I'm just
1: telling you, it's stupid. It's Seriously, so you said it's stupid,
0: but you gave you just gave it a four star rating. That is not yeah. a stupid. Rate. That is a good rating. Okay, so I'm excited. That is a solid recommend from Bruce Perky. That, you know what? As much as I love Army of the Dead, I I'm the one. Look, I'm all over that movie. That was the, that got a negatory review from Bruce and a slight slight uh, nod up, slight uptick from Eric. But between that, I'm the only one who really liked the dry. I am I, assuming. Wait, you? Eh, I, I was. I might recommend. Yeah, moderate recommend. But I guess maybe the 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 gem of the week, folks, might be, you know what? Cheat code, cheat code. Watch the opening moments of Post Tenebrous Lux, and then dive right into Shadow <laughs> in the Cloud. How about that? <laughs> you just saved, folks. If you're listening to the end of this podcast, you just wasted ninety minutes of your time that's the cheat code Any <laughs> <laughs> moments of post center for and watch shadow in the mother effing cloud we are by the way we are sponsored by the filmmakers of shadow in the cloud we love shadow in the cloud that is our big reveal this is a shadow in the cloud podcast eric Combs, what do you think of that
1: that was another cheat codes with greg srizzavasi from find your film
0: <laughs> by the way you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna beat this to death if Eric Holmes and I really love Shadow in the Cloud. Is there, is there a spoiler episode in the works for <laughs> Sparky? Oh, it something- could be. But you oh, guys will can-
2: probably hate it. I bet you one of you will hate it for sure. But if you guys like it, we could do a spoiler episode that would be hilarious because this has got a lot of this has got a lot of <laughs> hey. ridiculous bullshit in it. I'm just telling
1: you now.
0: Oh my God. I'm so excited about Shadow. You know what? There's there's as we speak listeners, there's I'm I'm a huge well I like I like crypto and I like um, I like basketball games. I'm gonna stop right now. I was gonna watch a Laker game, but you know what? I'm gonna actually start probably watching a little bit of the Laker game, but m- after that, Shadow in the Cloud, right in the offing. So very good, Eric Holmes. Final thoughts before we go?
1: I have no thoughts, but no, uh, I, yeah. you know what? Um, uh, uh, post ten of raw lux. Yes. Uh, I I kind of want to go back to that for just a second, you know, just for a final a joke. Is that a joke? Is that a joke? What? No, there, there. Bruce said a Bruce said a thing about that, about it being weird, but it might be your kind of weird. Mm. And and I think that's a that's a that's a actually it seemed to be kind of a, a theme for this. The uh, spiral it's not great but you know this might be this might be your kind of movie the uh fucking uh uh dry you know not for me but it might be your kind of weird you know post kind of brolux not not my weird but maybe it's your weird i i I like that in uh i mean we've kind of done that anyway but i like that idea going forward the uh that uh not my weird but you should check it out because it might be your kind of weird
0: that's a very good point, Eric. And you know what? I, I wish I, you know what? Going going back to what you said, Bruce, about the whole idea about if you like that murder procedural thing, slow moving thing, it's up for you. And that's that was my kind of weird for the dry. And I totally understood your takes, both of your takes on the dry. As always, per usual, it's since Eric Combs doesn't have any real thoughts and I don't have any real thoughts. We're both pretty much morons. We're pretty much morons next to Bruce Porky.
1: Bruce, you're the you're the. Greg,
0: golly, Greg, we're on
1: the moving pictures, and Bruce is there. What's in uh, no, What's I... in his thoughts? What's Bruce... in your head, Bruce? Bruce no, in what's your head. What no, is, what's in you. your head? What's in your
2: What's in my box? What's in my, my noggin? What's in my noggin? I, what's, with... I hate... what's in your noggin, Bruce? Nada. There ain't nada in my noggin. Nada. <laughs> nada okay
0: very good that nada is nada that is a very existential way of ending find your film folks. hopefully that puts a little pep in your step or a little bit of dark waters in your residual wet coffee folks we will see you next week on find your film you have a you'll have a good one and I don't I don't know why I said y'all because I guess I'm just a fake person signing out from Eric Holmes, Bruce Berkey and myself. We'll see you guys next week have a great week watching movies.